G'day and welcome to another episode of The Mailbag for themailbag.com.au. This week we talk to Rob Scurry. We recap his Japan trip, which he's very, very excited about and he's got a couple of suggestions for Australian racing to take note of. Uh, Pete talks about almost nothing at Ascot, but he covers everything else with us. And Drew talks about Race 1 Caulfield, a couple of online sales and what that world means and how he's treading how he's tracking heading into Warnable. It's all powered by punting form, powered by Betfair, and we drink goat lager. This seasonal transition period, four guys who enjoy looking at horses and punting on horses band together to give you mail on horses. Live from wherever their families allow them to record, Drew Patchell. You see, your actions have consequences. When you oppress people, they rise up in a fiery anger. Pete Antonis. Thinking is pointless, like motorcycle helmets. Rob Scurry. Trying to offer shit about the fucking marmot. And Jack Dickens. Holy shit! Oh my god, I just spent 80 fucking thousand dollars on a car! What the fuck am I thinking? This is The Mailbag. Don't be scared, little girl. It's only me. And who is me? I'm the king of the king of the king of the sea. My man. How you feeling, big boy? Feeling pretty good, Dicko. Looking forward to a big week of the bull. How are you excited? Oh, first time down there, so I'm a little bit giddy, kind of like schoolies, as they say. You, you're just kind of eager to get down there. Yeah, there's 25,000 times of women at schoolies, let me tell you that, for free. But it's a very, very enjoyable week, and you're going to have a ball. Anyway, we're going to touch upon a little bit of Caulfield, you and I. You want to discuss race one, so kick us away, my man. Yeah, look, um, I want to discuss race one because it kind of... I think when you listen to the podcast and you went in today, I don't think it was an actual betting race. I don't think either of us, or even Josh, had a large opinion on the race until we got into the mounting yard. So we knew there was going to be early tempo on, um, to you know enough early tempo to probably suit uh, some of the runners in the race, but you, you weren't too sure because there was three going forward. And then you found Propel from the yard and unleashed three units on it. So I really want to know, what, what did you see in Propel compared to, say, William Thomas, who's run fourth, and Dufinia, who's run second, that got Propel to win by three lengths? And the data is just quite remarkable. Propel's a, Propel is a strong walker, like consistently walks like a smart horse. It had cleaned up slightly in the coat and like held really good condition. Oh, I thought wind force average... Defina will improve. Bull Pitts average. Seven year award. Didn't like its walk or behaviour. Miss Street was a poor parade. Carlingford was average. Sam's image was okay. All of Sadler's horses at the moment are pretty well in condition. Mm. Our Gladiator, I think, had enough. Um, I didn't mind the three. Angry G. Angry G. And didn't like Pravo. Sam Pravo much better at Mooney Valley. And I thought William Thomas, although really well 
it's a really nice type. I think it's I've seen it better. I reckon it'll improve. And I thought from that draw, the way the market was moving, Oliver was going to be negative. Uh, and I just thought this was Propel's race. So it was more Propel did what I thought it would do in the yard, and the others there wasn't a lot of competition. Yep. Does that make sense? Makes a lot of sense. And to be and fair, I was, keen to, we, we I was also I was keen to get something like a bet out there in this race if we could, because I knew that this this card was horrible for a betting point of view. And to build a position early was like an ideal way to play this day. William Thomas has come home 11.30, which was the second best of the race. So I think, would you be following it forward? I, th- I think William Thomas might be a complete and utter moral wherever it wants to go next start. It's recorded the second fastest last six, four and two of the day. It is a thousand metre race, so they'll often be right at the top in regard to numbers. Only propels come home faster than it. Uh, I thought if William Thomas goes anywhere next start and draws a little bit further inside, Ollie stays on, I expect it lands two pairs further forward and savages the line. Like, it looks ready to explode. This is a horse with severe ability. I'm really excited to see where it goes next start. And, last and, question. and, and I think Propel can keep winning. Yeah, I was going to say Propel, do they go up to a BM90 or something and you just keep backing it? I think it's 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 nowhere near over the top. Both these horses hopefully going to get a lot of cash out of both of them. Perfect. Thank you for that. Um, I think that's kind of all on that race. Obviously, I would just say the punting form data for the race is sensational. I can't remember the last time I've seen a a figure that high final six hundred meters from Propel. So it it is. Yeah, this huge. There's, a lot, of, there's a lot of big closes on the day. I'll talk about a few of them later on in the podcast or earlier, depends how Pete cuts this up. But yeah, there's some odd early tempos. And this was the second, the third slowest early tempo of the day to the 600, but the biggest close by a mile. Anyway, well, I thought we'd talk about, Drew, your little article about sort of Nick Williams, I guess, and Inglis. So talk us through why do you want to write about that and what sort of happened? I mean, I thought I'd have a pot shot at the two biggest people industry, I thought, you know. No, not really. Uh, look, it was just yeah, it was just a strange one because if you follow Nick Williams on Twitter, all week he was bombarding us with links to his three horses for sale and then just a couple of hours out before the sale closes, poof, they're gone. They're withdrawn from the sale. We've no reason. English put up no reason. I emailed both of them on Friday, no reply. And it just all seemed a bit strange that if you Are put a horse up... Are they allowed to do that? Or isn't that just their right? Look, it, it comes back to the terms of sale that English Digital puts up. Because if I was to put up an auction and say that you need to transfer ownership of this um, this horse, for example, to us until the sale is complete, which the technicalities of consignment is something that... I think you'd have to talk to a lawyer about rather than me. Um, I understand what you're saying now. So yeah, it, it's it's a bit messy. Um, technically speaking, Igus can pull a horse at any time, um, and I believe that is what has happened. They've requested Inglis to pull the horse, and that's what's happened. Well, hopefully, you know, Monday afternoon you might get an email back from one of them. Um, we'll never know. Anyway, the bull. Jeez, I'm I'm very very jealous. The, I think the most exciting part for you, because you're a big cash better at the moment, 
Well, like the big sort of dogs destroying a couple of uh, small bookmakers. The betting ring down there is elite. Oh, I'm not saying just, just a quick one. You were talking it. to him yesterday. Did he uh, give you a roundup? He said that you did pretty well yeah. and that, that the movers might have saved him. Um, I did not have a bet with him on the movers one as well. I was quite kind because I already already locked in the early value. Well, that that's the other thing what we were going to talk about actually with that article was one of the horses that were was put up for sale by uh, Nick Williams and punished on Twitter relentlessly to to bid now um, was Circos who was ridden by Mick D with a good amount of intent yesterday at Geelong and won for us. So the tide turned for the movers. We are back, and I'm looking forward to a big week at the ball from my couch. Well, hot seat yesterday with Circos. Ben Depur and O'Kieran at $21 dead heating, so you got half that on Thursday. It's been a very good week. My bank balance is looking healthier for it. And we back M- the winner of race six at Swan Hill, one bet at Swan Hill, one winner. And I back Shandy, which I'm going to talk about in depth later on, how that didn't. I won't get you started on Shandy. Yeah. So Mover's Lifetime is still running at 22% after, let's be honest, a lean patch. But Very much is, so a lean patch, and they're going to happen again, probably. And, that's that's and the that, way the game works. Exactly. And that 22% is not including the April figures, which are well in the positive. So end of month, we go over them twice with a fine-tooth comb, and then we put them up about four or five days into the next month for accountability reasons. Perfect. Now, back to the bull. Let's talk about the interesting stuff. How do you think it's going to happen? How do you see the effect of no weird but residual weird grouse um it's going to be staggering i think we may see uh, kieran ma uh take over with him taking over of the of the you know the, the stables of the ball well you, you never know he hasn't put that many in there but he's he's got obviously a, a, a fair stack of them in there um it's just going to be more even. It's going to be more local trainers. It's going to be some more surprises. I don't think we're going to see as many plungers as we have the past few years. But I reckon, yeah, I, I disagree. I think you might see more. Really? Because they, they don't have to worry about weir. Yeah, I suppose what, that's true. I mean, sort of when, you, when at, you talk to the big, big players, my understanding was that they, they could they really struggled to figure him out. Yeah. So now that he's not there, they'll be more confident to to launch. I, I think you need to be careful. It's like you'll never get more mail in your life than down there this week. Like everyone's got a tip. I'm very happy to not listen to anyone. The the betting ring is the the highlight for me. And the Tuesday night Betfair gig. Now, how hard are you going to go early? You still got you got two days to go on the drink after that. Yeah, I got (laughs) I got a bit of it out of my system on Saturday night um, at a wedding. Which, by the way. Credit to the groom, placed me next to on a table with next right next to two other racing guys, so three racing guys on purpose, knowing that we're all racing guys. So they were people he'd worked with or ex-work people who were diehard racing fans. So that, that's just outstanding yeah, that, placement. Yeah. Oh, it's very good. It was at uh, quite a quarter in uh, St Kilda, which is a pretty damn good venue. Wednesday night down the bull, you're going to go to the dogs with Walshy. Um. There is a, another free drinking gig on offer, but I am thinking of going the dogs instead. There's probably another betting organisation that doesn't bet. Um, Thursday, 
I might have a runner, so I'll keep you posted, and I'll keep you all posted. Um, anything else you want to touch on, Drew? Um, it's just an interesting one. Your mate Guizo's going around race eight on the Very first short. day. Very short, but when you look at it, our Peaky Blinders isn't really going well, and um, Paramusu's just going to be a potential plunge for the local trainer. He's maybe the only opposition, so you kind of default back to it, don't you? I've got to do a lot more form before I make any kind of calls on on uh, tomorrow and Wednesday and Thursday. That's a but fair point. Is it, do you there's want a to small chance of snowflakes in hell that I'll get there on Thursday, but we'll see. Um, that'll do us, man. Uh, enjoy the bull. Time your run. But remember, man, no regrets. You can sleep when you're dead. That's very true. Go well. Bye-bye. G'day guys, we've got Rob Scurry, fresh off a huge Japan trip, the land of the rising sun, and Pete Pistol Anthonis. How are you boys? I'm well. Go I'm Pete. Re- I'm reasonably okay. <laughs> How are you travelling, Pete? Normally you're a little bit dusty on a Monday. No, I'm actually I'm actually fine. Uh, I actually just woke up, if anyone can tell. Um, looking forward to back to normal weeks because like doing... 9, 10, 11, 12 race meets a week is just silly. No one should ever do that. <laughs> Unless you live in Victoria when they over-race everybody, including the jocks and the horses and all the punters, and then expect people to be able to back up day after day. What a place. Yeah, well, we do have the... I think that Racing Victoria's got the content pretty pretty spot on, or at least lengths ahead. When I look at the calendar in New South Wales where our man Roberto Scuzz dog has to work... Like if he wants to go to the races on on a Thursday, just go to Wyal. Goulburn, Grafton. You want to go on Friday? Go to Grafton. <laughs> <laughs> no thanks. Yeah, it's wow. only about six hours away. You like betting on Saturdays? Well, you want to drive three and a half hours to Scone? You might be able to park your car or stay anywhere, but <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's, it's uh... wow. Yeah. Well, <laughs> now, like... Roberto. You've just been to the land of the rising sun, Japan. Mm. You are you were extremely excited on the text throughout the trip. What did the itinerary oh, look like? How how did you sort of set yourself up for the trip? Uh, look, it didn't start well when I missed my connecting flight due to inclement weather in Hong Kong. So um, I missed the, the go-karting around the streets of Japan in the Mario suit. Um, but we ended up going to like this sort of uh, gun club drinking establishment which was which was fun too we shot a few like little kind of bb pellets replica style guns and met some emotional japanese businessmen who wanted to hang so um yeah that was that was a good start uh and then yeah just just got better and better ended up at um tokyo race course for a group two day just a lazy 12 meet 12 races on the card um, so we got there and, you know, went to the information desk and said, uh, do you have any, um, English form guides? And they went, oh, sorry. And we went, oh, okay, fair enough. And they went, 10 minutes. And we went, okay. So we came back 10 minutes later and we got about a 40 page printout of form. Um, and yeah, proceeded to pick three or four winners. How um, much did that, how much did that race book cost you? Like zero. 17 Australian? Zero. How much was it to get in? Zero. 
How much was it? Was a beer about two fifty? How much was you know smorgasbord of food? Oh, about seven bucks for whatever you want. I'd, I'd katsu and rice and curry sauce. It was good. Um, how big's the the mounting yard ring? Oh, it's about two hundred fifty meters all the way around. Oh, is there a Japanese garden there we can chill out? Of course there is. Oh, how many people were there? Oh, about sixty thousand. Um, were they excited? Look, I, I felt more at home there, even though I'm, I'm a whitey in Japan on an, on that race course than I do at Randwick. Okay, that sounds perverse, but I'll tell you why, because they're all, just about all as sick as me. Um, I walk around Randwick with headphones on, trying to drown out the drivel that is Duffersy and Liz. Lizzie's all right, but Duffersy, rattly talking about Harvey Norman. And it's all just stuff that, you know, it's all stuff that you could just find in a form guide. If you're just like half or a quarter, somewhere between an amateur and an intermediate punter, anything that they tell you, bar Lizzie, who says everything looks great, um, but, you know, she's, she's still got clues. Um, you know, everything that they say, you can just find out for yourself. You don't need it over the fucking PA. Whereas at Japan, it's just so quiet. There's about fucking 10,000 people looking at the horses. You can barely hear a pin drop. Um, you can still hear the clip-clop of the hooves. Um, and then there's, just before the race, they put this G-Out music on. Um, what is it? What sort, of, what sort of vibe? Oh, we, 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 I don't know, you know. Everywhere in Japan, there's bloody modern jazz, which was about one of the only things I didn't like about the place. Even on the ski lifts, there's modern jazz playing up as, as you're going up the ski lift. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know, just just like – not William Tell, but sort of just – and then the man gets up with on, on his little raised sort of escalator, waves his flag, and they all go in. Even when the jockeys go out, they literally run to the horses. That's how much intent – That's you know they don't want to keep the punters waiting. That's so much they love it. So, you know, I don't know how they do it, but there's like half an hour between races. The horses parade for 20 minutes, and then, they go, then they're out on the track for 10 minutes. And then when the race is coming around the corner, just just there's not so much atmosphere and noise, and people are betting. And they they shout. Even I was doing it at the end. Sassy, 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 which just means like go, 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 kind of go, you good thing. <laughs> and I was getting into it, and I just fucking loved it. I just loved it so much. And I've been I've been to Royal Ascot, and that is the best place I've ever I've ever been racing, and I want to go back there again. And um, you know, even the advertising, like I've been I've just been immersed myself in Japanese racing you know they've got like you know Dico you say oh let's not talk about fantasy races where you know this horse from this era races this horse from this era literally the G up for their race and their advertising is horses from different eras racing each other but they've somehow generated it and you know they'll go to the line together and you won't know who's won it'll be like you know vodka versus grass wonder or or but anyway, not a no sock wanker inside on their advertising campaign. It's all just horses, and it's all just you know, it's just they just promote the sport. The, the, the participants are so engaged there, like they're all betting, they're all watching the races, and it's like a casual vibe. Like when I go to the races, um, you know, I'm just in my normal clothes, and everyone else is dressing up and looking at me like I'm a weirdo. That's why I've got the headphones on. I'm just blocking it all out and just trying to find winners for the punters. And you know, I'm there to bet and to to provide information. Where, like most people, the races just there to drink and try and pick up or get in a fight or something. Anyway, that's enough about Japan. Well, there's nothing I wrong with drinking and picking up, but yeah, you, you make great points. You can just you can feel your excitement. My highlight from you was the many I mail delivered from Tokyo and. <laughs> 
when you landed your first winner, I think, in race one, and you didn't even know what it was paying? <laughs> I did. It was 18, it was $18. Remember that, Pete? It was outstanding. Yeah. It was $18. Um, bit, bit, bit of a sad story about that because um, I was with my buddy, and I, I thought I'd get some cash out on the track, and um, I got there. The car didn't work, and I've gone to my friend, oh, who do you like? I, go, I like the two, and I go, I like the two. And he goes, yeah, let's, let's bet the two. And anyway, he puts like a couple of thousand yen on it, which is like, you know, 15 bucks. And I kind of go, oh, how do we go? Yeah, how much did we win? He goes, we? I, oh, fuck, I didn't really specify how much I wanted to put on that. So I guess I'll let that one go, and well done. That's not sweet behavior. <laughs> I know, I know, but he found it too. He liked it as well. He liked it on form. He was just like, oh, all this form makes sense. The horses are running to form. The tracks are firm. You know, it's just it's just the form is is golden. Anyway, and then the next race, um, you know, I, I backed – the winner, the winner of the place, and the Quinella. It was a dollar. It was like five bucks, a dollar sixty favorite, and I first and third. The dollar sixty shot ran third, and the five buck won. And you know, I just had one of those cracking scurry day where I, you know, picked really well and, and betted kind of poorly. Um, <laughs> and oh, you know, yeah. are you? Yeah. You were you were airborne before you left. Yeah. How yeah. you feeling now? You're going to head to Warwick Farm on Wednesday to cover for Scone. Saturday week because you don't want to drive three and a half hours to have to stay in the back of your car. Yeah. Um, you pump the Warwick Farm into Kenzo uh, on Saturday? Yeah, man. Look, we've got, you know, really stable weather. We should have a, you know, good track, which is I always perform better under, you know, when, when um, you know, it doesn't have the variable of wet. Um, so, yeah, pumped, do 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 that, and then we're going to crack on on to, to Kenzo, which is just down the road uh, on Saturday. So, yeah, a couple, couple of meetings coming up and um, – Hoping to keep it together, you know, keep, no, keep it together, just keep it going, mate, you know, just, just keep, keep it rolling. Just keep rolling. Now, to quickly touch on Hawkesbury for the puntingform.com.au stuff, it's a low meeting that we're not that interested in. The best figure of the day was Intuition in race six. It was a zero, it was a three and a half lengths better than benchmark. It's the fastest last 600 and 200 of the day. So it's the best performed horse on the day. I think the, 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 the race meeting will be tricky to find winners out of going forward. I think we'll all agree there. Yep. Yeah, man, it's like this change over time now. You've got tired horses coming up against sort of B-grade winter horses. Um, you know, hopefully we can just just get an edge in the mounting yard and um, you know get get those fresh horses. You know, I, I generally like fresh is best, and um, yeah, looking just looking forward to you know rolling on. Perfect. All right, we had to Ascot now with Pete, and the biggest figure of the day, Peter, was a zero point five to the six. In race number six, and then a huge, almost six lengths close to record a 6.4 fast benchmark figure special reward. Thoughts on the card, on the day, particular races that you'd like us to talk about, Pete? I uh, can't really be bothered talking about any of the races, to be honest. Special rewards come out and done what it's done the first two starts this prep so it's on track for black type races later in the year so it's a pretty decent horse it's just hit peak form last prep if you go back and have a look it wasn't running anything near this but i suspect there was a few little issues behind the scenes there but uh look overall probably the main thing to take out of the track it's a similar story over here to what it is over in sydney transition time we've got about three more weeks at ascot before we go to belmont our winter track so uh, the track itself is on its last legs. It's starting to get a little bit firm. They can't water it too much because it'll fall apart. So uh, we'll see a few races like we did on Saturday, certainly suiting horses on speed. 
you'll need a lot of tempo in your favour to be making up too much ground from the back. So you just have to adjust your thoughts and we'll see quite a few sort of seven race days, small fields, all that sort of stuff. So bring on Belmont already. Okay, we'll we'll head to we'll talk about a couple of races at Flemington now. Did either of you catch anything from Flemington? Yeah, watched a little yep. bit. So race one, the bass Anthony Darmanin just sort of showed how strong of a horse Mystic Journey is after he set this thing a lot three wide in the first corner. They've gone fourteen. No, the, the, the race bass has gone sixteen point one lengths fast to the six hundred. So like. After, after after a complete walk off speed, not suited at Sandown. Second up, it's it, it's it's it sounds disgraceful like a, riding. Sounds like a gut buster to me. Well, it just sounds like incompetence. Or so it's gone eleven lengths faster than it went. No, 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 no. That's not even true. It's gone fourteen lengths faster to the six hundred than it did at Sandown, and 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 had to tra- cover an extra seven hundred meters. So if you're back bass in the first, you're entitled to feel sick. Uh, the race set up perfectly for strong running horses like Observational, who was on the seven-day backup. It's run a good figure for it. Uh, the best close of the day was Order of Command, Band of Parent Invincible Hour in the 1,000-meter race. Um, Order of Command's hit the line fastest last four, six, two of the day. It's probably the one you've got to follow if you want to follow one out of those three, although I'd say Invincible Hour might get a positive jockey change and it could be sort of set for I'm not actually sure where they want to take it. He's a tricky trainer pain. Surprised it sort of wasn't racing on um, Saturday at Caulfield. I think the horse to follow out of the meeting is Zaydin. Race five, number three. Uh, it's closed. Huge figures. Um, so race five, they've gone 2.9 slow to the six and come home real quick. Um 7.9 for the race. Overall, is a really good time. Uh, it's five lengths fast overall. It's a little bit slow to the class, but they've walked so to the six, so that was always going to be a little bit slow. So, yeah, anyway, um, Zaydin, the one I want to follow. Anything you guys saw on the card that you want to talk about? Nah. <laughs> well, Gay got another leader home. Did you did you find that in the run, the in the 2,800-meter uh, three-year-old race? Just yeah, well, you have to have – you have to have a little bit on, and that's actually a good thing to talk about. The reason why I think this horse won the race was the ride was outstanding. He's Luke gone. Curry. He's gone twelve seven six from the twelve to the two twelve to the ten. Twelve six eight from the ten to the eight. Slight increase. Twelve point one six eight to the six. Increase. Six to the four. Eleven point three six. Four to the two. 12.24. He's gassed it. There was run out of legs. Last The last furlong, 12.82. Run out of petrol. But so is every other horse chasing him. Outstanding ride. They never... If a horse is remotely fit and got ability and they close like that, they, they are ridden like that on pace in a 2,000 or further race, they're very, very hard to catch in my opinion. How does Luke Curry rate in terms of front-running jocks in Victoria? Well, he's right up there now. Yeah. So <laughs> him and Gay Waterhouse, that's pretty uh it's pretty lethal, isn't it? Well <clears throat> What happened just, to Stevie Bester? Why wasn't he riding it? He's he's on he's on tour somewhere, like Spain or something, I think. Oh Mauritius, maybe. So no, like he's on I think he's just like just splashing the cash. Um, oh, yeah. I think Luke Curry's quietly airborne at the moment. Um there's a real sort of 
gap and it's a main betting angle or one of the bigger betting angles for me is the jockeys currently riding in the state. So there's, all, there's like it's always thinned out like D Lane's gone for a bit or he's gone to Japan. Picked yeah, up a lazy but, four. So the, but there's heaps of angles with with poor jockeys and good jockeys and etc. So yeah, anyway, I want to follow Zayden. On pace suited that big good staying race. Um, Temple of Bells outstanding. That's a big figure that horse has run. Now we head to Caulfield. We'll talk about. I've talked about race one with Drew already. Race four was won by Tarwin. They have gone two point five fast for the class, but an overall figure of eight lengths fast to the six. So this horse, this race set up perfectly for Tarwin. I think the horse will improve off the run though again from the yard. I think it's a really exciting horse. I was thoroughly disappointed with the way Chris Simons rode Shandy, which we backed as a movers bet. I anticipated the horse to be one back, one off the fence. Now, they have gone quick, which is to Chris's defense, but the horse lost momentum critical stage. It was zigging and zagging up the straight, and probably I thought maybe it could have even won. Now, Pete, I'm sure you backed it, so you've got an opinion on this one. What do you reckon? No toker's miracle. That's all I say. <laughs> That's right. That's what we did, didn't yeah. we? Oh fuck! <laughs> do you think? It, do you think it would have won with a more positive ride? Oh look, it would have been in a much better strike zone. We would have had no excuses, but instead we've got excuses. And is this going to be another movers bet that we follow up with next start, and it comes out and wins with a positive jockey change or something like that? It comes from a really strong, um, that really strong maiden at Kyneton. Which I think I don't know, I should have researched that if I want to talk about it. Anyway, there was a very skinny card betting wise, and it was just a day where the sea sort of parted for a bunch of them. Um, how Vorson, I thought was cast sort of eight hundred out. Andrew Manning took a really tight gap, it was a really strong ride by it. Um, Savage the line. Prince of Sussex, the seas parted, huge win. They went really, really fast early. Really overdid it um, on speed. So horses with momentum midfield are worse suited in, in, in the two-year-old race. Horses on pace not suited. We backed the Saddler horse from the yard. Mr. Quickie race was a disgraceful walk in, walking tempo and the seas parted for Mr. Quickie. I thought it got pretty lucky. Uh, race number eight was Widgie Turf who won pretty easily, knocking over Casio that we backed to 40s. Mm, mm, mm. I know, I know. Why couldn't he just get blocked on Widgie Turf? It was just it was looking yeah, sweet there. For we just needed a, a slight loss of momentum and we were collecting a huge, huge amount of money. Widgie Turf right. went two, the race went two lengths slow to the six and came home 6.3 fast. So Widgie Turf airborne again, 4.3 overall figure, fast, faster than benchmark. And then race nine, this was just complete and utter torture. Mm. Oh, I have gone harder than I should have. Overall, it's a winning day for the many of male. But I've over-raced here. I've gone very, very hard at Miss Fixin. I had a little bit more on the run because I thought Iconoclasm was going to get the run, but it was looked, and I think it was, sort of slightly cast three wide facing the breeze. Mm-hmm. They've gone 8.4 fast to the six. Run on suited. Come home, 1.8 slow. Overall, 6.6 fast. Miss Vixen has hit the front for me, mm. mine, you, and all of us. At the right and time. A, and had to think about it. I reckon I had to think about it. And uh, Twitchy Frank, uh, Iconoclasm just remembered what Darren had taught it and just kept going. <laughs> you should <laughs> finding, son. And it did. 
As a very brave win. The horse will improve off that. Iconoclasm looks to be in for a really strong prep. Um, the residual weird grouse manages to fuck us right in the, in the snufter once again. Can I just point out with Iconoclasm as well, it's another example. We saw this with uh, Ashlaw, and I think I'll have a bit, but those horses that race in Perth late in our carnival, first up are just almost lethal wherever they go because they've still got that residual fitness coming out of those really brutal races. Yeah. So... It's just always something to keep an eye on with some of those. Because Iconoclasm was basically cast over here. Like, he just came over for a holiday by the looks of things. He was beaten well and truly by uh, Galaxy Star and beaten 12 lengths by Arcadia Queen. First up, no trial. There it is. They knew. Three bucks. Yeah, like, it was hemorrhaged late. It was cast and just kept finding. And it was just a day for the residual weird grouse, which is what... What an exciting three days are going to be down at Warrnambool. Darren Weir, ex-horses, won race two. No, he didn't have Oceans Deep. Won race three, race seven, and race nine at Caulfield. Twitchy Frank was a solid performance. Prayed like a skunk. It'll improve. Mr. Quickie was just, he's just got, he just did that on ability and also the seas parted. Mm-hmm. And then Iconoclasm, like it probably wasn't entitled to win and it just did. Well, you did. You did have the first four in your numbers there, mate. You didn't have a little saver on on that, you know. Box the four up. No, I didn't. I had a large wager at twenty dollars <laughs> on the fair at uh, at Miss Vixen, and I thought I, I actually I don't normally cheer him, but I cheered this thing on top of straight. I was like, oh fucking go, please. Yeah, go, get home, please, oh, man. Go at on. the hu- oh, at the hundred, man. I'm sure. I'm sure it would have hit a dollar dollar twenty on betfair.com.au. Yeah. One for the bots there, you know. You, did you have anything set up there to, to maybe, um, you know, soften the blow in run? No, no, no. I, I, I actually got... – I went for a drink with um, four really cool young blokes and Walshy who uh, clients like <laughs> clients of ours afterwards and <laughs> they'd all won for the day of what I told them to do and I'd lost. So <laughs> it was a bit, a bit of soul-searching went on Saturday night. But we bounced back yesterday with Circos winning and that thing at Swan Hill. So we're back. Yeah, man, move, move, move is, is on the big upward curve. I can feel it. It's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, we're back. I'm really looking forward to sitting at home, waiting for this kid to come, just doing some uh, maps and sheets with Pete and finding some good bets to have at Warrnambool. Looking forward to the dot-com coverage. Look, it, it is Might a time to be the... sick enough to tune to RSN if I want to torture myself, so we'll see how we go with that. <laughs> All right. Anything else, boys? Oh, yeah, just, just, nah, just back to I got – Two meetings in a week, you know. I'm excited. Oh, I should give a, a horse to follow from Caulfield. I think William Thomas is a complete and utter moral. Wherever it wants to go next start, it'll win. I, I got something for the Japanese Oaks. Got done done on nose. <laughs> um, you know I love my three-year-old fillies. Uh, oh, are, mate. If, good if thing. anyone listening doesn't know that Rob loves three-year-old fillies by now, you've fucking got rock. <laughs> you, you know, you're not listening to me. Anyway, um, I'll, I'll put it out there before. It's running on the 19th of May. It was a good thing. Leaked had a con- condition to, to come. Unlike most of the Japanese horses, they look pretty fit. And um, I was a bit annoyed. I missed the uh, the thing that broke the track record in, at, at Hong Kong yesterday. Japanese horse on the 2,000-meter race. What do you know? Wind All right. Well, yeah. that'll do us for this week. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. We will have Roberto Scurry fresh off a Japanese tour from – Warwick Farm on Wednesday, one out. Looking forward to it, Rob. Pete, thank you very much, and we will touch base 
I don't know when actually. Probably preview. We'll preview some of the bull probably. We'll see where we go. Beautiful. Bye bye. Ciao, bye.